Hey, cool, man. Uh, what's up, man? Welcome to Red River Podcast, episode number 100 and whatever. Um, you know, so uh, a little backstory on today's episode. My buddy Antonio, who one of you guys works with, <laughs> I guess I don't even know. Um, he basically was like, yo, my friend, like, you know, like made this horror movie and he sends me the trailer um, and it's called Alone Together. And you never know what you're going to see when you see a trailer. You're like, uh, or like, it's like, you know, like anything. It's like my friend made this. Check it out. You know, like maybe you guys could talk. Uh, the trailer is fucking awesome. So today, that's what we're going to talk about. Basically, we're going to talk to Will. We're going to talk to Eric and just kind of get to know each other for a little bit and just see what the deal is. So tell me about this movie. Yeah, well, first of all, the, the connection is Alexander Vernonbach, uh was in he was my in my fraternity at Syracuse. And we did a lot of uh, uh, weird late nights together. And he's like a pro- prolifically bizarre novelist. And he does some uh, just the things he does with words is, is strange and wonderful. And he approached me during the pandemic uh, when we were all shut down. All production was shut down. We we're just kind of like stewing in our own just rage. And he's like, hey, man, I have this. I have this pitch. Uh, it's it's essentially it's a horror movie. It's a ghost story, but rather than the um, the ghost just tormenting some poor couple, it inspires this woman who's in this uh, dreadful relationship to like you know exact her revenge and escape. And I was kind of like, okay, that's sick. Like that's I I can't think of anything that really hits that mark. So we dove into the writing process and uh, and and just went all all in with it. And that was like three years ago. Um, but that's the gentleman who set up with you. And I've been enjoying your podcast for the last week. Listen, you guys talk about people getting their uh, heads chopped off and everything. It's It's been a gas for real. <laughs> yeah, for October, you know, like for October, we always kind of like kick it, you know, like uh, super horror centric. So, uh, you know, we, we did four episodes um, to celebrate October because it's our favorite, you know. So that's why yeah. I celebrated six six weeks a year, basically. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, so you know we're, we're gonna keep it going because we we talk to movie direct. Basically, the show is mu- movies, pop culture, you know, music and stuff like that. So we've always have directors, and anytime someone yeah. has like an indie flick that they want to pitch or 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 tell people about, it's just like yeah, man, like it, we're all basically a collective doing stuff together. Like I said, I still play in a band, so. I know what it's like to to basically make something, get the grind, and then get the word out and stuff right. like that. So, um, man, I I really love the plot. Like when I read the plot and I saw the trailer, like I didn't really, which is good. I didn't really get too much as to what the plot was with with the trailer, you know, because I I cut it like halfway through because I didn't really want. I don't know how you guys are with trailers. I just didn't want to yeah, know too no, much about it. Just vibes, baby. Just vibes, yeah. right? It, so, it, like, the trailer is the lingerie. All right, you <laughs> want just a little of that shoulder, like peek yeah. over the shoulder with the lid, and you're like, "Ooh, what is that?" And then, boom, it's gone. And you're absolutely like, ah, now. Yeah. I gotta see more because, like, you see, like, you know, even like the Halloween trailer. I'll, I'll always remember like that uh, 2018 Halloween trailer where they show Michael Myers in the closet, and like that's like one of like the biggest like oh shit moments in the movie but like everyone's everyone's in jail you can't be doing that (laughs) everyone's waiting for it and it's like (laughs) if it wasn't in the trailer you'd be like holy shit because it was such a shock so um i really love like i said the the premise to it i I got the vibe from it and then i know enough to see two actors do really good and like the female (laughs) in, in, in in the trailer i'm like yo she's like i believe anything she's like selling so 
Tell me about the two people in the movie. Oh yeah, absolutely. So, so first and foremost, my, my brother is the lead. His name is Maddie Crash. Um, he's he's been acting for a while. He went to the off uh, off low rep in uh, in Florida, and that's where he met Deanna. And I've been Maddie's been like my like surrogate muse or like my doppelganger who I behind the camera and he is on the screen. We we did one other short film together, and he just has this like this just boiling internal just like. I don't know, just like shakes and spews out of him. And I've known him since he was like a little kid. We have all these weird old videos of us dicking around in the backyard with the camcorder. So he and I just kind of like have been working in this way, not officially for our whole lives. And it's just always been fun. And he's, the, of course, the first person when I when I got pitched the movie, I was like, hey, what do you think? This is going to be you. And, and we built the character together. And he's just like... The, the amount of rage that he can exude, but also the amount of like this like wounded person that you want to like hug and nurture at the same time. And he scares you and 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 you love him and you're kind of afraid of him, but some chicks are somehow turned on by this. I, I'm not sure exactly what's all in that soup, but he has this, this, this uh, screen presence and he has done a bunch of Shakespeare with Deanna S. Wright, and that's the uh, female that you're referring to, our leading lady, our final girl, no spoilers, but uh, she is like, she's something to behold. There, you know, there were no, casting was, hey, can you please, please do this with us? Yeah, yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and then showing her this script, or, you know, my, my pitch to her was like, listen, this is gonna be one of the most raw, the, the, script, the script asked of you to truly, just set yourself on fire and we're going to do it a couple times a day and it's going to be tough. And I've never seen anyone more. I mean, you, you have to call it brave. You really do because the amount of times that she has to go so deep into her act and her experiences, they're very method uh, actors. They, they go into places that they don't want to go and they don't want to stay there long. And it messes them up for the whole day. And uh, we asked so much of her. And then when you see it on screen, you see those tears shooting out of her face and this, this just like this uncaged, just, just emotion every single, when we we're editing it the whole time, I'm like, Oh my God, I can't believe we, can't believe we made her do this shit. Like, <laughs> kind of, kind you, of like painful yeah, to watch. Yeah. A lot of you can she tell the movies for a lot of stretches um, as the leading lady and it's her story, but also like, I think audiences are really responding to her work too. I mean, Matt's great as well. They're both, really carrying the movie um, as a two-hander, but she's really pops off the screen. Yeah, I mean, like I said, just like watching the trailer, like you never know, you know, the, the, there's so much stuff out there now. You know, the, the beauty of the internet is is the ability to be like heard, but also now it's like a needle in a haystack. So like there's like yeah. movies that I've seen that no one has seen, uh, even people that we've had on here, I'm like, holy shit, like, you know, this dude, Tom Ryan, you know, sent us like a, um, he's from Jersey and he did like something called return to uh, bizarre theater. I forget what exactly what it was called, but it was like an anthology. And I watched this like fucking movie and I was just like, holy shit. I was like, this is five stories that are fucking great. So, yeah. um, that's the vibe that I got from the trailer was like, it didn't feel like it was just, you know, like amateurish at all. It just felt like a really good movie. Even like the, the direction you, you're the director, right? Will? 
Yeah, yeah. Sorry, my name is Will Crash. I'm the director of Alone Together, and this is Eric Schmecki Wright. Uh, he's my partner in crime, my my oldest and best of allies. He produced the movie and, and brought it to life with me. So we're kind of the the core team uh, amongst a lot of people that are really close for a really long time. Um, so that's what we that's our role in the movie. Yeah. Yeah, and and like just even like the direction in the trailer, like I said, I mean it, it's like super unique, and I like it. You know, um, it reminds me of a few things. You know, so like I just wonder, like as far as like influences go for direction, like what were some of the people that you grew up uh, like admiring? Yeah, it's funny because I was waiting for you to like start drilling me with like you know horror movie questions, and my my biggest confession is, as much as I I do love a good horror movie, those aren't the movies that. I want to watch, but they're the ones that I want to make, if that makes sense. Um, so uh, I've, I've always very relatable. <laughs> yeah, very, it? Well, because oh, yeah. like so I, I play I play in a band and and the shit that I play, I almost never listen to. Like my playlists yeah, are like 90 percent predominantly like hip hop, like goon, like just the most ignorant shit you'll ever want to listen to. <laughs> And then when I play guitar, like, you know, the songs sound like, you know, the Get Up Kids or something like that, you know? So it's yeah. like, okay, cool. Like, I, so I completely understand what you're saying. Yeah, it's funny. I was, because, and I, I wonder about that a lot of times, because, you know, you, you want to kind of have this, like, you know, your first movie is a horror movie. You want to, you're supposed to have this kind of, like, persona and thing, uh, which, which is totally great. And I'm, I'm not taking that away. And, like, I, my, Ari Aster lately, I mean, Bo's Afraid aside, uh, the other stuff that he's done are movies that made me, watch and be like oh no this can be actually scary this this can really really because uh, you know hereditary is a movie about the distorted guilt and things like that midsummer is a breakup movie when you get to the core of those things my like you know sartre is all about hell is other people i'm very much that the monster is us or the monster is you or it's in you and when it's in you you can't escape it and when it comes out of you and and i think we saw a lot of that in the pandemic and you know i'm not i'm not just speaking from experience because a lot you know some of it is well, it's always going to be a little bit autobiographical uh, but in the pandemic i think we were faced with a lot of these demons all of a sudden you were locked down with someone that you maybe thought you knew or you didn't know or was changing before your eyes and that isolation it just kind of makes people a little weird and uh, and I heard so many real horror stories coming out of, uh, you know, with abuse and all these relationships and all this kind of stuff and some friends that were into some things that were really um, uncomfortable. And I thought that that like, you know, the supernatural elements of this movie get woven through it and they're and they, and they carry it through to its crescendo. But I think that like at the core of this, like the monster is what's in you. And if it's coming from within, you, you can't escape it. You have to either kill it or or embrace it and that's just as scary um so that's yeah. kind of like uh, that's a roundabout way of saying it i yeah I, I was gonna say you know as i get older you know as, as a kid i love movies i love movies in general i love everything like i'm, I'm an yeah, art i'm a an... shitload of them too my god i was listening to your horror movie thing you guys are rattling off man you, you you're prolific dude those eyes <laughs> of yours have seen things my god yeah well, you know, we movies, music, pop culture, we snort lines of that shit all day long. So, you know, oh, we, yeah. we, we love that. Um, but growing up, you know, there are like the slasher movies that I love and then all, all the shit that would never really happy happen. But as you get as that I get older, the movies that really connect with me are the ones where you said, like, we're like the villain. It's the evil that men do where you're like, holy shit. You know, there's certain movies. There's a movie called Red, White and Blue that's like that. We were talking about that. I was I was gonna look that one up. I noted that one. Yeah. I, so like I heard it passing. It sounds good. 
Well, the plot you could read is just, you know, this girl, you know, has uh, AIDS and she knows and she decides to take revenge on people and, you know, give it to all. It's a very brutal. It's a that's very brutal movie. Yeah, that's that's her revenge tool for the people that that fucked with her, um, you know, and uh, just recently uh, there's a movie called, you know, basically home invasions, like all that stuff, like where things feel like you're like, how can someone. Yeah, like how can people do this, you know? And it's funny that you say Midsommar is a, a breakup story because when you peel away everything, it's kind of what it is, you know. That's, and, that's what it's been yeah. But it's and done then, it's done so wonderfully and in in bright daylight that you don't even notice yeah. like when you watch it a second time and you realize exactly what's going on, you're like, "Oh yeah, how are these people this clueless to like yeah. that they're like the main course of everything going on here?" So. Yeah. Oh, it's and and that reveal is so great because like, you know, as like a, you know, ethnocultural studier or whatever they're doing there, it's like it makes total sense that like they're so invested. They just want to push this as far as it goes to see it and then they're just thinking about that like the memoir afterwards or whatever their next project is. They're too blind and and, and they're too self-indulgent and stuff like that. Uh, and then you mentioned Home Invasion movies, which they, they're always going to strike a chord, but the one that always messes me up is Funny Games. Actually, oh, I, like, yeah. I like the second one with Michael Pitt because I happen to see that first, so that's by Funny Games. Uh, but yeah. like that, so it's it's got that bright, white, preppy horror kind of thing, which I think is tough to do, especially when everyone in the movie is so goddamn pretty. But then as it gets more, more and more messed up, there's this, there's the moment when she, uh, you know, gets the gun at some point and shoots them, and he goes, "No, no, no, no!" He takes the remote and rewinds it on screen, goes back, and they play again. I'm like, "You sons of bitches!" Like, yeah, yeah, I'm the fucking victim here. Like, I was like, "Oh man, no, that's like, I don't know that that always hit me." Like, that's right in the that, well, that's the beauty of making, home invasion. That's the beauty of making movies. You know, sometimes you forget like the cinematic universe that that a movie could be. You know, and I think if we want to go with A24, um, everything everywhere all at once, oh, like yeah. when you're like, oh, that like movies are cool. And then you see something like you said, just rewinding is so <laughs> ridiculous, but it's you're watching a fucking movie. So yeah. sometimes you watch a movie like everything everywhere all at once. And you're like, oh, this is like the the power of a movie and imagination. This is like what you could do. And uh, man, you can't beat it. Yeah, well, when you do it with horror, there's so many interesting ways to do it because horror is always going to be one of those things that the point is when the, the screen is black, that's when it gets scary because then you're alone and it's just what you just, you know, soaked up for however long hiding out in your, you know, upstairs bedroom when your parents just thought you were sleeping or whatever. And and the, uh, the the power of that, like, you know, even The Ring, which is like, you know, that's just of our generation when, when we saw them in the theater, that like... I, it's not like I thought someone was going to pop out of the TV, but just the whole concept of like the physical videotape being attached to this poltergeist and the TV and like the viewing of it and like, oh, don't watch. And like those kind of things, when it, when it comes into the real world, I think that when you like bridge that gap, um, I, it just can be so much fun. And I think that the best scary movies are the ones that like make you look over your shoulder in broad daylight. And that's like if you can find ways to do that as a filmmaker, you're doing it right. Yeah, fear is fun. You know, like fear can be fun if it's controlled. Obviously, it's not like you're jumping into a pit with alligators. You're you're basically, you know, dipping inside your brain to see what you can come up with. It's the same as like jumping on a roller coaster. Like, you know, 
more than likely you're not going to die, but you want to fucking feel that holy shit moment. You're microdosing you know? it. Yeah, you're micro. <laughs> yeah. Next time I go on a roller coaster, I'm like, I'm microdosing fear right now. <laughs> yeah. So uh, that's the beauty. Like, you know, so like you said, it's it's not primarily what you're into as far as what you want to watch. But there is something like, you know, to tell a story about, you know, a relationship that we all could identify with. And then also COVID-19, which was like a mind fuck. Like it was really for yeah. like 18 months. It was like, yo, what's this is weird. This is like yeah. I, I like we were all in a movie and then yeah. to be stuck with someone that you're like, I don't even want to be with this person, but I guess we're going to fucking figure it out and stuff. So that's, I mean, right. super, super ripe for a plot. So like how, what was the process of, of like coming up with this stuff? Like as far as like not even coming up with it, cause you told me, but like just fleshing out the story. Yeah. Well, I mean the COVID-19 of it all, like we knew we were, we were in it. Like that was like, I don't know, May or April. It was like, it was early in the thing. We, I was in Brooklyn, uh, you know, in a, in a fourth floor walk up and it was just literally all night, all day sirens everywhere. And you look out the window, it's just sirens and people literally, there's some shots in the movie, people like getting wheeled out of your apartment downstairs on stretchers and you don't even know which one it is or who it is because you're too afraid to go and check and shit. And it was just that kind of like, who's next? when is this going to end? How is this going to end? Um, I think, I think in New York city in particular at those moments, it was just so heightened for, for a lot of people who were like really in that suit. And then when it kind of dragged on, you got that kind of like stir crazy rage. And so that's how I kind of engineered it. Cause I knew there was going to be a ton, there's naturally there's going to be a ton of probably horror movies that you know, are engineered with the COVID thing involved in it. And that's like totally fine. But mine was more about like, what I wanted to feel at the end of that. And, you know, not, not no spoilers or anything like that, but I wanted to just beat the shit out of something with this like righteous rage of like, this must end. And I need to be the one that, that slits its throat. And I, I knew I wanted that kind of like triumphant bloodied crescendo. And I started there and then kind of went backwards and tried to kind of figure out, all right, so so what's real? Like, what? where's the real pain? Let's find these moments that are, you know, plot that course of things that are hopefully universal and they hurt enough to remind you of what you're going through, but it also allows you to have this circumspect, you know, catharsis of, of hacking your way through them, which like any good slasher movie kind of does. And this is not a slasher movie. It's a little more, it's more grounded than that. But you know, that's, it, it's meant to be, like you said, with the roller coaster, it's meant to be a ride. You know, you want to feel that dip and you want to feel your guts hit your chest and everything. And then you swing back up and it might be better than, oh, Jesus, it's going down. And then by the time you bought it on the movie, our soundtrack is actually just bashing your brains in and we are just like punching it to the moon. And it becomes like, you know, let's throw down. This is a fucking ride. These people want us to enjoy this shit in a way that you couldn't at the time. So that's kind of like where the, the national idea of this began cool and you said soundtrack like tell me about that is it like a score or like some hell yeah oh yeah <laughs> that was my favorite thing in the world so i i also uh do a podcast i've been on hiatus for a little while because of a baby and uh the movie and that kind of stuff uh but I, it's a world war ii hardcore history but it's uh 
insanely over immersively sound designed with just you know it's all about japanese kamikazes i bet you dig it actually there's a couple episodes like i think you'd really like because i i, I, I hate i hated oppenheimer so i don't know you tell okay. me <laughs> no this is way more brash and ridiculous this is okay, like, okay. like if robert uh robert rodriguez did uh hateful or what's it called uh inglorious bastards you know, right. like, now, now, now you're you got me back you got me back yeah i'll i'll, I'll get you there i think yeah. you'll dig it but I, so I have like a really strong background in, you know, making the, the explosions and the voiceover and all that kind of stuff and really mining all those details. And then my uh, my really good friend, uh, Elvin Shabazian, he is an absolute G. Uh, he's got a couple of Grammys. He's worked with some, I'm not going to name drop, but some dudes you definitely know. And I knew like when I got the, when we had the first draft of the, like when we had the first idea, I was like, I'm calling Elvin right now and I'm locking him down because he's hard to get. I'm like, listen, man, this is going to be my first one. It's got to, it's got to absolutely bring it. And he was like, I like this. I like you. Let's do this. And he, uh, he works with uh, John and Joel uh, McNeil. Um, They're like, we would go down to their studio in Delaware and the room is just, it's all black light and red light. Just, just a cavernous, just like serpentine keyboards and all this crazy shit everywhere. It's like a mad scientist laboratory. We put a scene on and let it loop for like 30 seconds with like watch for a little while. And I, and we would just like absolutely jam out on it. And what I did when I went down there was I, I scored the entire movie myself by taking every, uh, you know, shining. Um, I use a lot of stuff from uh, this movie dark. Uh, I use a ton of stuff from hereditary, um, you know, just all my favorite, uh, uh, Valhalla Rising, um, all these like big, gnarly, awesome scores that like hit me in the soul. I took them, chopped them up, re-engineered them, remixed them and scored the entire movie myself. And I brought it to them. I was like, listen, I know we can't do exactly this, but this is where my head is. So let's do a cooler version of that. So we went just piece by piece and treated them all as songs and moments. And I just let him kind of go. And I think some of the best things that happened in this movie are ones that I didn't expect or plan. And there's, there's like a particular moment that we, I, I we were not button heads, but we were, it was late. We'd work from like, like 3 PM to 4 AM kind of thing and just keep going at it overnight. And uh, that's another, their work, their work ethic is unbelievable. And we were just like deep in the weeds, couldn't get this one scene to work. I'm trying to get them to make, we're inventing new noises and all this kind of shit. And they're like, listen, man, you just, take a walk go outside so i went outside and i'm smoking like a bouquet of cigarettes and i'm hearing this <laughs> noise coming from inside and i'm like i'm like what the hell is that i come back inside this dude has he's got a mandolin hooked up plugged into something playing through his keyboards and it's just this like bing 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 this like westerny kind of vibe and like to hear it alone i'm like, I'm like what the fuck is going on in here they're like get out just get the fuck don't say another word come back in 20 minutes and if you don't like it you're wrong i'm like all right so i went back outside finished off the pack cigarettes came back inside and all of a sudden there's this thing that i never could have conceived of i don't know exactly where it came from but it's elegant and it's sneaky and it's it's like tricky and it's sexy and it, i i and i was just like holy shit like this is the coolest thing and i never saw it on the map and that's when you know you're working with people who are a like on the level that you want them to be and also they're better than you at their 
thing and you need to mm-hmm. give them the ball and let them run and yeah. that's like that was such an awesome moment so that's doing the best ball, music cue like, in the movie in my opinion by the way that's the garden when right later i don't want to give it any spoilers but yeah, yeah. yeah that's the best cue and by the way this is their first movie as as a composer elvin's first movie he's done tons of producing but like he was incredible yeah. what what is like the push and pull though because like even like when you when you co-write a script with someone or even like this stuff like when do you when do you know to give that concession well with elvin it's easy because he's like the coolest dude i've i've ever known especially with music so if he's telling you something you you better be completely convinced in your soul that he's wrong or else you're probably wrong and you need to kind of like embrace that sometimes and like you know to be directing these soundtrack sessions like i'm literally in there like yeah give me more come on out. like throwing my arms around like conducting <laughs> just like like i'll show you the videos of it i get a little i get really into it and and it's just such a like <laughs> I, I feel like tar from uh kate blanchett and tar i'm just like Ugh! and he's like you know on the on the stuff they, they re-engineered a couple of synthesizers to to make you know it's all sounds that have never been made before and that's what i love about it and and once you like if you don't like it and you you, you know cancel that whatever the hell you've built that's gone like you cannot get that sound back and i think that's like the the specificity and the and the uniqueness of it gives it its own kind of like fingerprint so i knew just from the way they were working the sounds they were making that i'm like it's like listen man you may be a wizard but these guys are fucking like you know sound high priests or whatever it is so it was a little humbling but then there were a lot of times when i fell victim of what they call a studio ear so i brought down these tracks that i lovingly recreated from other movies that had these sound cues and stuff and i you you see a scene enough times with that that sound cue that's what it is to you and it's really hard to change that so yeah. you need to kind of like just like tr- tr- put that on mute and try and see it with fresh eyes and i would be trying to drill them into like making these things that already exist just in a different way and they're like listen this is music like this is different than that you're not it's not like a, a cooking recipe where it's like hey half the baking soda or whatever like this we're making new sounds here yeah um so that push and pull was the only thing I ever cared about was like, did it, does it make you feel something like, does that make you feel doesn't have to be the right sound or the wrong sound, but if it makes you feel that's when you start creating these moments and the soundtrack does so much lifting in this movie, particularly, but every horror movie. And I knew that what you were leaving the theater with was going to be that score in a lot of ways. Um, so, I mean, we spent, I, I don't know how many sessions we did. I think we thought we were going to knock it out in a week. I ended up going down there for like over three months and just like doing these like crazy 15 hour sessions with like a, you know, four hour nap, hit the diner, come back and just go and go and go. But uh, but I mean, uh, that's, that's passion, right? That's like, yeah. you're doesn't even feel like work probably because you're, you can't sleep, you know, when you're creating something like that, whether it be a song or whatever, it's like, you know, like if I have a, a, a chorus that I'm trying to get, like it's, it's constantly in my head until I get the right chord, you know, but it doesn't feel like it's fun. You know, that's oh, why yeah. I, I could just tell from the way you describe it. It's like, you know, that's what gets that's what gets you going. And uh, passion is crazy, man. You know, like I take it for granted sometimes because I feel like everyone has it. And then sometimes you talk to people that aren't passionate about anything. And I'm like, holy shit, that's fucking weird. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> like nothing yeah. like not even like i don't know paper airplanes or some shit <laughs> golf 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, whatever. Go, why not? You know? the, uh, the, and the, and to, to kind of dovetail with that is like, you know, as the director and the creator, like it is your job to be the most passionate dude in the room. Like if you, if, if you, if, if we're stopping, it's because like, I think we got it. And that's like a heady thing because you start second guessing yourself and you have to really kind of like try and, you know, not fuck that up and know when you have it. And it gets very subjective, but these guys with, with Elvin and, and the weathermen, when we're down there, it's the only people I've ever worked with where they outworked me in certain time. Like there was, a, there were certain things that we weren't quite getting and I'm exhausted. I'm knocked out. They, they just work for hours. Like they, like 15 hours is usually the length and they don't stop. And I'm done. I think we got it. I'm like, I'm like, you know, doing my little like heroin head nod in the corner while the, everything's blasting and they are just still going and going and going. And I'm like, I think we're good. They're like, nah, shut up. And all of a sudden it's like after an hour, it starts to change and turn into this new thing. And it starts coming from under and it's this different kind of attack. And they're doing all these things. And now it's starting, like, I don't even remember where we started, but now that thing is like organically growing in front of your eyes. And that's what's so cool with music where it's one of the only things where you can just start like, you know, twisting some knobs and getting some keys. There's nothing. And then there's something. And when you are watching them, I won't say out passion, but like they knew there was more there. And they were finding it without me like trying to press. You're just like, oh yeah, this is this is art. We are on the same level. Um, and it was it's absolutely the most fun uh creative experience I've I've ever had, absolutely. Because being on set is it's so much more like a high stakes, you know, uh uh high wire act a lot of times. And shit can go wrong real quick. And it's a lot about time management. And it's just things that are so not out of your control. With those guys, it's alchemy. You are in you are in the laboratory and there's room for experimentation. And if you got people who are with you, like to the hilt, like all the people that were on this movie with me, you can really do some cool shit. So Yeah, that's, that's awesome. Um, it's also, you know, it, it seems to be like a one location type movie, which is, all you know, I enjoy those a lot. Um, I just know that the actors got to be on point. I know that the script has to be like ridiculous to pull that off, which I feel like everything seems to be in place just from what I gather of the conversation. Um, you know, like whether it's like the Hateful Eight, like that Tarantino Hateful Eight movie was like, whoa, like, this is fucking bananas good. Um, there's a movie, there was like an indie movie from like 2019 called Harpoon, which is like one setting. Oh, it blew my mind. It like takes place on a boat and it it's three friends that are oh, all kind of like fuck like they're like backstabbing each other, but no one knows what's going on. Mm-hmm. Great. You know, so uh what are some of like, you know, your favorite one location movies that might have maybe inspired some of this? Oh man, yeah. I mean, it, it is a bottle movie, uh kind of out of necessity, just because we're doing this with like we are just beg borrowing and stealing every shekel we could possibly find. So we knew we had to not only get the like perfect location, but also a place close to it to like house the crew because we couldn't be driving people and doing hotels and stuff. So we, we lucked into um, our, our dear friend, uh, Christian Fiorina, um, who sadly is no longer with us, but he is one of the main reasons why this movie was able to happen. Uh, he found us that house, up there because uh, it was he, he was offering his, his dad's like ski place up in uh in vermont and we couldn't shoot there was like an a-frame there's just no way to light it and like right up the road was that um 
you know, cabin and we got it for a song from people who did not know what we were doing there. And then it subsequently uh, burned down. Uh, and I'm like a person of interest. Wasn't uh, our fault. Whoa. He's kidding. He's kidding. It was a year uh, after we wrapped. Looking for us, man, because we were the last people up there, and then all of a sudden it just like went up, and it's like we the heating, we were, like we, we almost melted so many rugs the whole time because the heat, the vents in the floor got so hot. Like it, this thing was a liability. It's it was gonna yeah. go up at some point. Yeah. Wow, for, for the fire scenes, we had to have someone up on the roof, which was Christian, with a, with just like a light mist of hose to make sure no embers just like hit the roof and touched it off because we yeah. would have been barbecue. It was a cedar house. Yeah, it was like gonna go. <laughs> Wow. Okay. Well, listen. Sorry, I, didn't mean to, I didn't mean to not answer your, <laughs> not uh, not answer your question there, uh, because I do. I do love me a good bottle movie. Um, I, you know, I think I think one of the ultimates is Das Boot. Uh, you know, the the old school German movie, because like I absolutely felt like I had fucking crabs after watching that movie. Like I, you're, you're so there and it becomes like stinky and fetid and like the tension is so high. Um, I like I like that kind of a movie just because it's about the crew and it's kind of independent of of the outside world because it's like a story of like survival and man like stuck in a place. Um, I'd love to hear what you what you've got in in your mind also. What I thought about what uh, for as far as bottle movies, um, I'm trying to think of whatever uh, I'm trying to think of what my other favorites are. Oh. I think another that AV might have might have influenced him when he was early on was Hush. Is that what it's called? The oh, one that's the, a uh, blind woman. That that movie is awesome. Yeah, yeah. And just because there's a point in the movie, I don't want to give a spoiler, but our heroine has a setback and she's uh, waylaid. She's not really able to uh, achieve her goals or like do what she wants to do. Um, so she's kind of stuck there in a way that that protagonist was too with a dis disability so i think that like kind of loosely informs some plot choices um if i could speak for av i don't know you'd have to elaborate but no no that no, movie was fucking dope that um, movie was really good yeah, yeah. It, like came out of i feel like it was just like a netflix release or something like yeah it just, i just feel like it, it popped up you know there's back in the day there was like direct to video there was like theatrical now there's just like you know like you could be like hey have you checked out free these new sh there's so many avenues to get your your stuff out which is cool i think but once again it's just harder to to get people to pay attention to certain things but For sure. so like what's i know you guys have a premiere on the ninth so we're going to put this episode out on monday uh for the big apple uh film fest um so yeah how'd that come about uh yeah i mean we it, it's so funny how this how this process is kind of happened especially lately because we went out to a ton of fests when we thought we had like a really cool slick movie and just no one would bite for a while and you have this inner fear that you you know if you make a movie and no it doesn't play in the theater did you even make a movie and we put in so much work and we put in not that you know going to video isn't a thing but like you know you need to have that payoff. And, uh, and I, and I, I'm one of the people that believes that like a shared experience, especially of a horror movie in a public place on a big screen, that's like, 100%, 100%. Yeah. 100%. Um, so yeah. And, and th so there was a while where we we're just, I'm looking at Schmeck. I'm like, uh, anyone nibbling? And we're like, 
no, I don't know what the fuck. All right, I thought we were cool. Like, I thought this was, I don't know. And it started to get real dark, and we're like, I don't know what we're going to do with this. And then, boom, all of a sudden, we popped off with a couple of uh, really nice fests and Scream Fest in LA being one, um, wow. which, dude, you, you have to, have you ever gone to Scream Fest by any chance? No, but uh, that sounds like, you know, definitely relevant to my interests. Yeah, Dude, it's take, great. Take yourself and your dude and your microphones and go there and just check out some really weird shit. And it's it's <laughs> so fun as a uh, as a creator because you're there with other creators who have gone through similar trials and tribulations. They've had to do weird shit and, and difficult things to get these movies on that screen. And it's at a level where it's not like there's there's like you know some, the the movie that premiered there, uh, Dominion. Uh, is insane and as soon as that comes out i'm gonna call you and say hey uh or is it dominion right it's, it's divinity divinity all right so close but uh yeah, yeah uh, <laughs> even steven dorf uh doing uh very uh oh <laughs> uh, I, it's a strange I, I know i know the movie i know the yeah. movie because i i know steven dorf is in it yeah 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 okay yeah. Yeah. yeah so that that premiered there and that was just like that and that was the first premiere First festival that the we got night into, movie, it's, yeah. our, it's our world premiere, and you're walking around this fest, and there's like real people. They were like, "Holy shit, dude! Like we did something cool." And like the two sexiest things you can say at a festival is, "Yes, I have a feature," and "Yes, uh, it's my first directorial debut." And when you're saying it there, um, people were like, "How? What do you mean?" And we honestly didn't really realize, like, not not that we're like you know cool or anything like that, but we didn't realize like the level that this festival was because we'd never done this before. We've never applied to film festivals. I never, I've never thought we'd get this. I, I thought we'd get this far, but I didn't know we'd get this far. And then when you're kind of like in that film festival world, like it's heady. Like it's like holy shit. There's people in that theater, and I don't, I don't watch the screen at that point. I, I just, I just watch them. And I'm, you know, you're watching people squirm to that scene that you killed yourself to make, and then that sound cue happens, and you get a, a jump, and you're just like, shit, like. It's it's somewhere between like imposter syndrome and uh, and just like a like a little bit of a fantasy because I mean it's something I I just always wanted I, yeah. I wanted to do this so goddamn bad and no one no one gives you a movie man you don't just like get a movie you gotta cry you got you gotta got fucking do it man you gotta just do you know I always. I'm always amazed at like just, you know, I have I have friends that have made movies and continue to make movies. And it's the same thing where it's like you just you fucking do it. You figure out a way to do it. So anyone that does it. Wow. You know, yeah. salute to you, you know, and I I'm will so always give, give people who make it. And and so that I mean, the other thing was like I I knew I had this very small window to actually become a director. And it's something I always thought I, you know, I, I never was, but always wanted to be. And my, my wife was pregnant and we were about to have a, a son. And I knew I had a couple months before this kid pops out where I can actually do this. Cause once he's out, there's no fucking way she, that anyone would ever like leave home to go be on set for like two months and all that and all the madness. It, ta it takes your entire self you are you are completely you have to completely commit to it but i knew that at some point i needed to wrap my fingers on this little kid's shoulders and stare deep into his eyes and say son if you go all in on something if you love something and you need to do it so much that you set yourself on fire and you go all the way to the hilt you can do any goddamn thing you want to do oh, yeah. and if i didn't do that myself it would just be words and as a father or someone who at that point who wanted to be a father, but I knew that it had to, 
I had to do this, I had to do this. And I had like eight months at that point to get this thing in the can because we're not getting reshoots when the baby comes. So it's like, it was, it was a bit of it. Like, you know, I had that one, you know, one arrow to shoot right there. And the, the beauty of this movie, the way it's been going so far, our, my, my selfish goal was to, get a chance to make a bigger movie that was that's what this is for for me and a lot of people came with me on that and and now that we're so we'll be at big apple film festival in um coming back home to new york city i hope you'll make it man we'll, we'll throw what, you a good party I promise. what is that uh i don't know what the 19th is as far as uh, i know it's, it's the 9th it's thursday night it's uh 6 30 p.m where the closing show of the festival which is definitely a cool thing uh, we'll have a we'll have an after party afterwards and get all uh, all uh, giggly and uh, <laughs> we can you know, spin the wheel and all that. Um, yeah, it's, it should be a party. And in the movie, you know, it's it's a ride. Like horror movies, thriller movies. That's what I wanted to make. It's something that at the end of you're standing over the bloody battered corpse of your malefactors with that coppery flavor of victory in your mouth. And you're just you, you've survived and you've and you're victorious and it wasn't easy. And that's how I feel about making the movie. That's how I feel about Diana's place in the movie. That's how I feel about the friendships that were battered in the storm of this movie and came out the other side. And all we want to do is make another bigger, better movie and get people to trust us with some more money. And and so, yeah, I'm, I'm psyched about it. And I, I think once again, you know, the, the big things for me is the trailer looks really good. The direction in the trailer looks like someone who is a student of the game, you know, like every shot, like it just seemed like you just know what you're doing. Very like, you know what you're doing for sure. Um, And then the plot is, you know, it's just so ripe for a story there, you know, like it's so hard to come up with something original that that hasn't been done because it just is what it is. You know, it's just your, your filter of way of telling it. But I think, um, the story seems unique and it's a, at a time where everything seems fucking extra weird, you know, that this story lived, you know, uh, in seclusion somewhere. So, uh, yeah, I'm all for it. So where was the, I didn't even get where the premiere was like, where's oh, the yeah, theater? Sorry. In, the, in Los Angeles at the, uh, the Chinese theater. No, but the one in New York, the one in New York. Oh, I'm sorry, dude. Uh, yeah. So the New York city premiere is at uh village, uh, cinema village. In uh, it's kind of over by NYU, um, in the East Village. It's like what thirteenth and yeah, I think it's Twelfth Street. Um, this coming Thursday at the Big Apple, that'll be our New York premiere. I think I know where yeah. that is. It's like yeah, it's an old great theater. Um, yeah, I think got a couple I, screens. Yeah. Okay. Cool. I think I saw Animal Factory there, which was an interesting movie. All right. On. Um, cool. Well, uh, I guess that's basically it, you know. So I'm gonna put the links up and all that other stuff. I, I'm gonna try to make it 6 30. I so I live in West Babylon, you know, Long Island. Okay. Gotcha. So 6 30 on, on a work day is very tough unless I just like leave early. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but I would love to. I would love to sit in a theater and eat popcorn and watch this movie and meet you guys. So um yeah, so let, let's try to make it happen. And thanks for hanging out. Thanks for for telling me about the movie. And uh, man, all the success. I, I really, we really appreciate your time. You guys are a hoot. We're going to be uh, listeners forever, and uh, we're my, we will strive to do something cool enough to get back on here real soon. Whenever, well, yeah, whatever you guys want to do. Like, it's, like <laughs> you know, we have topics all the time, and this is just like you know, low pressure. We just kind of like talk about the shit that we really 
are passionate about, you know, so uh, the invite for anyone is always there. So thanks for hanging. Cool. Thanks, Sam. I'll put it out Monday and uh, send me all the links. Yeah, I'll do that. It shall Later. be done. Later, guys. Thanks, man. Nice meeting you. Cares about buffing me in the world to you.